We are a party that can fight for conservative principles, that can fight for substance. We cannot be dragged backward uh, by uh, the very dangerous lies of a former president. GOP members say they're looking for a more unified party. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy wants to replace Cheney with New York Representative Elise Stefanik. Donald Trump has just released a statement he calls Liz Cheney a bitter, horrible human being. What the hell is that? What would you say you do here? I'm slaying lame and I'm exposing frauds. This is pathetic. This is embarrassing. I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. There's nothing more pathetic than an aging hipster. What's your deal, man? Yes, my name is Brian. Stone on Air on Nougat Radio 92.7. Once again, it is the first good day of the week. Happy Wednesday. What a difference a day and a half makes. Some real rest. Some actual sleep. Not lucid dreaming all night long. Makes for a much better day. You are listening to the somewhat for-profit joint venture known as the Stone On Air Radio Show. On the flagship, Nuga Radio 92.7. Later disguised as a podcast at stoneonair.com. My name is Brian. He is Keon. Hanging with me, keeping it all glued together. Got, I'd say, somewhat important stuff for you today. Should be a pretty easy, breezy hour. However you find the show, thank you for being here. 710-9927 is how you can call the radio station and talk to me and Keon. I don't know that I'm going to take a phone call. Likely will not, but keep that in your back pocket for uh, a later date. If, if I came in and did three hours every day, I would invite your phone calls pretty regularly. But when you only got 60 minutes, and really at the end of the day, it's only about 42 minutes out of the 60 that I have to spend with you with this microphone, you can call it I'm just being arrogant and want all the control and all the all the sound waves to be coming from my vocal cords. You, you could accuse me of that, and that's probably not untrue. But it is uh, usually a very deliberate and uh, focused hour, sometimes more than others. <clears throat> there certainly are hours where I come in here, and it's not that at all. But that's usually the goal. It's uh, I don't want to eat up time taking random phone calls because they usually blow up a radio show and make them less listenable, usually. Not always, certainly not always, but usually. Um, I'm going to look at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which was just announced in the last uh, hour or two here in just a minute. Um, we'll lay it out here real quick here in about eight or nine minutes from right now. I'll get you three pieces of audio. The coolest thing, speaking of the Foo Fighters, who are now inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I'll have a, a, some audio from Dave, the lead singer and founding member of the band. The worst idea from Senator John Kennedy, not that the dead, not the dead John Kennedy, the alive John Kennedy. And uh, the realest thing, Adam Kinzinger, a uh, Republican out of, is it Ohio? Somewhere, maybe, she, I think it's Illinois, actually. Anyway, coolest, worst, and realest coming up at the end of this segment. In the second segment of the show, there are two types of terror 
and warfare that we need to be worried about in this country. Two types, and they're different than we're used to. I'll lay out that and spend a segment on that here in the middle. And on the way out of, of, of the door, my Facebook post yesterday, how much traction it got, and the overall social media world, I believe, is a failed overall exper- experiment that I have been involved in since its infancy. So I'll spend a segment on the way out the door on that. But the um, where I wasn't planning on going, but I will here for just a few minutes, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the inductees have been announced. The Foo Fighters absolutely, positively need to be there. That'll be Dave Grohl's second uh, induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Jay-Z, there's the long argument of does hip-hop and rap and uh, R&B overall kind of um, uh, genre of music, do they deserve to be in the quote-unquote rock and roll Hall of Fame? I think that's a pretty flawed argument uh, when anybody tries to make it. I say absolutely if you're a cultural uh, uh, game-changing kind of talent and uh, music producer, I really don't care what the genre is, bluegrass or jazz or whatever it is. I, I think rock and roll kind of accompanies all of of the different styles of music. So I've always I've always disliked that argument. Absolutely, Jay Z is is a rock and roll Hall of Famer. I mean, there's not a jazz Hall of Fame. There's not a bluegrass Hall of Fame. There's not an R and B Hall of Fame. I mean, if there is, it's this small little pocket over here nobody cares about. Absolutely, Jay-Z should be in there. Carol King probably should have been in long ago. Tina Turner, probably the same. Probably should have been in long ago. Very influential um, women who... Tina Turner didn't write everything she sang, but uh, Carol King certainly did. But it's not all about what you did or didn't write. Speaking of which, Todd Rundgren. I don't know much about Todd Rundgren. In the classic rock world, I've known he's, his name for a long time. It's more about his production than his songwriting as I've quickly just I mean I'm, I'm all doing this from my phone which is very uh, annoying Todd Rundgren's production credits include Grand Funk Railroads We're an American Band Meatloaf's Bat Out of Hell uh, the New York Dolls New York Dolls record so he has done a lot more than just write songs but he's not written any songs or had any really I don't know culturally important music that I'm aware of but that's also because I'm I'm not a child of the '70s. So anyway, Todd Rundgren is in, and then the freaking Go Go's. Out of the late '70s into the '80s, I mean, if I, if Jeff was still here, I'd have have him, uh, you know, learn me what what's up with the Go Go's. Keon says they're a NBA development league team name. I guess, right? I don't, I don't, I don't. The Go Go's. That's a, all that I know. It's a basketball team name. That seems a little odd to me, um, but I'll take it. I'm not mad about it. That's cool, whatever, but the Foo Fighters are in, and um, I'm, uh, I'm happy about that. So, you know, the, the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony is just like kind of like the Grammys or any other performance-based award show. The performances are great. If you love the artist, then the, uh, the speeches are, are fun. If you don't care about the artist, the speeches are completely worthless. So that's one of those DVR fast forward to the good parts kind of thing. And so there you go. Your Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees have been announced as of today. So it's official. Liz Cheney is out. I I think if you ask the average 
uh, a-hole walking around what Liz Cheney's position within the GOP House of Representatives. I don't think anybody could have told you. Uh, so we're all running around all mad about it, even though most of us didn't even know what her position of power was. Most any of us, all we knew was Liz Cheney was or is the daughter of the former vice president, Dick Cheney, and she's a Republican. Even the most informed person barely knew any of that. So how big of a deal is it? Uh, it's well, th- as far as within the the rankings of day-to-day operations of the House, it's, it's not a big deal at all. But when it comes to the reality of what the Republican Party is doing within themselves, it is a monumentally big deal. Um, maybe tomorrow I'll spend some more time on it with some audio that I talked about on Monday that I have yet to go through and 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 edit to, to make for a segment. Or I might not do it at all. I don't know. It's, it's walk outside and look which way the wind blows sometimes in my life. And I, I don't know that I'm going to do that or not, but I might because this, uh, I didn't even write her name down, the new woman that's going to be there, flipped upside down, flipped upside down in the last two, three, four, five years from one person to another just to fit the role. You know, actors in Hollywood have to, you know, drop weight, gain weight, work on accents, grow their hair shave, grow their facial hair. They have to fit the role, right? They have to spend time to get to get ready for the new role that they're going to have because they're acting, because it's not real. It's just a performance. And that's what this is with this new role for this chickadee, whatever the hell her name is. She's changed her role. She's, she's fit for the new role because she's not authentic. She's not real. She's a liar. And... That's what we have now with the American political entertainment complex. That's what this is all about. So let's jump to the audio I have for for you here and stop messing with that. Well, they'll be part of this actually in in some of the audio here. Actually, several of it or two-thirds of it anyway. But we'll start off loose and we'll start off fun. This is Dave Grohl recently, as of this morning, announced to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for the second time. This is today's coolest thing. It's Foo Fighters, uh, Dave Grohl doing an interview with whoever it is. And talking about the time Christopher Walken introduced them on Saturday Saturday Night Live. This is today's coolest thing. There was once when we did Saturday Night Live and Christopher Walken was the host. Amazing. And he comes up and he's like, he said, he asked us if the accent was on Foo or Fighters. And we know who he is. Like, of course, we know how he speaks. And we said, uh, the accent is on fighters actually so he, he goes how up did he ask you how did he ask you i'm not gonna say that part, because he goes no because he goes up he's like ladies and gentlemen full fighters because <laughs> <laughs> i knew that's what happened i was like don't say most people say foo fighters but the way christopher walken says it foo fighters yeah, that's, that's great. great i've never heard you do that voice before mm. oh he was good see now i want you to tell me the story of how he asked you <laughs> no, he just came up and he's like, he just asked. He so, said, so the <laughs> accent is it on foo or fighters? <laughs> and I said, I think it's on fighters. Like, That's what I thought. You know? Dave Grohl is hysterical, and that is as funny as it gets. Story: the coolest thing on Nougat Radio ninety two point seven, the flagship for the Stone on Air radio show, later disguised as a podcast at Stone on Air. 
Com. This is uh, today's worst idea. It is um, Senator John Kenny, Kennedy, John Kennedy, not the good John Kennedy, the still alive out of Louisiana, John Kennedy, um, where he's discussing, he's a senator, so he's not in the House where Liz Cheney is. He's discussing, um, well, he's discussing the situation all the way around. I'm also calling it the nice try bro thing of the day. This is today's worst idea. Well, you know, some people have tried to take this and turn it into the the uh, Republican Party is terribly divided. No, we're not. We're unified in trying to stop President Biden and his neo-socialist tendencies. Now, nobody wants to tell anybody they can't say what they want to say. The Congresswoman, Congresswoman Cheney, has every right to her opinion. Uh, but she doesn't have every right to be a leader. And it's clear to me that many House Republicans want to concentrate on the Biden agenda in 2022, and she doesn't want to do that, and the House is going to do what it's got to do. Okay, so nice try, bro. First of all, oh, no, we're, we're so united. We're more united than ever. Yeah, no, you're not. And then at the end, saying we want somebody who can focus on going up against the socialist tendencies of Joe, <coughs> excuse me, of Joe Biden. Liz Cheney's one of the most fiscally conservative Christian, real GOP Republicans in the freaking house. You don't think she wants to do that too? Again, nice try, bro. That's today's worst idea. And today's realest thing is Adam Kinzinger. He is a house member out of Illinois. The GOP is all about personal grievance and culture war. Today's realest thing. What I think has happened in the Republican Party is policy has been replaced by personal grievance and by culture war. And culture war is really motivating, right? When you get angry about the wokeism, you get angry about cancel culture, you get angry about you know what they're teaching in schools and all this kind of stuff, it really can overtake you that all you want to do is just destroy the other side of the aisle. And that's what the problem is, is leaders for the last 10 years have, have learned that fear and conspiracy drives profits and it drives votes fear is the most compelling human emotion that is an ally of liz cheney a republican in the house from illinois his name his name is adam kinzinger very likely might lose his next election because he's not going to do what liz cheney says she's not going to do and the gop are devouring themselves more and more every day it's new radio 92.7 stone on air radio show and podcast a little gray out there, but nice and cool. Got down in the mid-40s last night. Haven't turned on my air or heat in almost two months now. The house held a temperature at 67 degrees. Perfection. That's why I got such a good night's sleep. I was comfortable all night. How many more days can I go till I have to turn on the AC? I'm going to take this as long as I can. My daily weather inside the house update. My name is Brian. Keon here as, as well. There are two types of terror and warfare that we need to be worried about in the country of the United States of America and maybe the entire world, but more specifically here in the United States. And I'll explain what those two are coming up next. You're listening to the Stone on Air radio show. Nuga Radio 92.7. Another developing story tonight. One of the nation's biggest fuel pipelines forced to shut down after a cyber attack. The pipeline supplying 45% 
of the East Coast fuel products, including gasoline, diesel, and home heating oil, spanning 5,500 miles. The president briefed this morning, the White House saying it's working to avoid disruption to supply and restore pipeline operations as quickly as possible. But questions remain about the potential impact on consumers and prices at the pump. Tonight, a ransomware attack hitting one of the largest fuel pipelines in the U.S. Colonial Pipeline forced to shut down its entire network. Certain systems proactively taken offline to contain the threat, halting all pipeline operations and affecting some of its IT systems. Cheryl Crow's Gasoline brings us back in on Nougat Radio 92.7. Stone on air. I'm Brian. He's Keon. Happy Wednesday. First good day of the week. We had a caller at the end of Fred the Show who's saying if, if, if Trump was president right now, you'd be killing him for the gas shortage. No, we'd be killing him because he's a complete a-hole and a maniacal demagogue. It wouldn't have anything to do with gas shortages. It would have to do with, well, all the same things we're doing now. (laughs) Things haven't changed all that much, except for who actually is in charge of the White House. Um, Yeah, it was easy to to blame an oil man, George Dub, for the, uh, the gas spikes of the 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 tail end of the the first decade of the 21st century was easy to do that was low-hanging fruit didn't have to do any kind of research didn't have to actually work right didn't have to actually do any research well we got an oil man in the uh, white house and gas is four dollars a gallon and that was that was easy stuff of course it it's much more complicated than that it's always more complicated than that but i mean it is a long time ago now but you, you, do you remember $4 a gallon in 2007? That was real. Gas shortages in 2006 and seven, and I don't remember why. I was 26, five, six, and seven years old. Didn't follow the news cycle all that closely at the time. But there was a, uh, a Titans game that me and a group went in an SUV, and we got to, and, and at that time, we had a, uh, it had an odometer, that told you how much, how many miles you have left till you're empty, which was a pretty new technology at that time. And I, I'm pretty sure we got to almost single digits. It was, it was barely double digits before we were going to be out of gas as we drove all through Middle Tennessee, stopping at every exit to find gasoline, and it was not available. We eventually, you know, whew, we did find it. Um, I don't remember why that shortage happened that that year. That was probably 2007, might have been 2006. And then if you did find it, it was over $4 a gallon. That's a long time ago. We've been sitting around $2.50 for, you know, $2.50 for quite some time, roughly. If you remember, Newt Gingrich ran a political, a, a presidential campaign in 2008 on the the overall uh, battle cry of, I will make sure gas is two dollars and fifty cents. He had a, like a sign that was on the podium that he would that said two fifty two dollars fifty cent gasoline. 
So we're, we're running around with our hair on fire talking about, oh, my God, gas is $2.80. If you look at inflation, if you look at the way things are priced throughout the country and throughout the generations and the decades and the eras, gasoline is, is one of the biggest bargains out there, whether it's two eighty dollars or two twenty five dollars or three and a quarter. Based on the consumption of everything else that we have and the inflation of everything else in the country over the decades, gasoline is one of the biggest bargains. And I don't, this is not what this segment's supposed to be about. And I've already chewed up going on nearly 25% of the segment. So I'm going to kind of put that there over there. This doesn't have anything to do with Trump. This doesn't have anything to do with Biden. It doesn't have anything to do with Obama. It doesn't have anything to do with George Bush or George H.W. Bush or anybody else. And what's going on specifically here today, yesterday, this week, has nothing to do with the shortage of gasoline. I'll spend some more time on that in the final segment of the show. What it has to do with here is cyber warfare and the terror attacks that we need to be concerning ourselves with that I'm not sure we're equipped for. And it's just like anything else. It's like the if you wanted to use an analogy of the, the sports world and uh, performance-enhancing drugs, they're always a step ahead of the testing. They're always a, a step ahead of, of the technologies, because this these are this is big business, this is big industry, and so they can always find something that can get a, ahead of the regulation in the sports world. That's exactly what cyber warfare and ex- how it how it operates. Cyber attacks is the new terror attacks. There's no reason to spend two decades like Osama bin Laden did training an entire force across multiple nations and multiple millions and who knows how much money, time, efforts, and resources, learning to fly planes and carry out maniacal, ingenious plots to take out a couple of buildings. They did that because the bombs weren't working. Remember, Osama bin Laden put a bomb in the basement of the World Trade Center in 1993 or two or four, whatever it was in the early 90s. Didn't do anything. I mean, it disrupted the day. People probably lost their life, scared some people for a few minutes. Whoever watched the the five-minute newscast that night in the land of no social media, no mass communication, it didn't work. It didn't do anything. So the trend of planting bombs at the foot of buildings to try to do some kind of ideological statement through a terror network wasn't working. So Osama bin Laden said, okay, fine, won't do that. Let's, here's the next idea. Let's train our terror network to fly 747s and not just fly them, fly them impeccably and not just fly them impeccably, also have the, uh, the training and understanding of how to get through American security, overtake three or four planes, all in unison, in complete concert with one another, when cell phones were just basically only making phone calls and a few text messages. It really is mind-blowing, head-spinning, ingenious plot that worked to almost perfection. Why do that anymore? That took two decades. There's no reason to do that. Meltdown, 
the internet. Cyber attack. It's far cheaper. You can remotely work from anywhere in the world. Russia, China, communist areas all across the, 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 that side of the world. Profiting bukus of cash out of this. I don't know how. I don't, that's the thing with the internet. I know how to use it. I've had it at my disposal since I was 13 years, 14 years old. But I don't know how I don't know how to code it. I don't know how to explain how it works. You know, I'm not a techie guy, I never have been. Maybe when I was young at first I thought this might be something, you know, technology might be something I want to do, but that takes motivation, time, effort, you know, not smoking weed when you're 16 years old. Math skills. <laughs> Math skills, uh calculus, um and very great de- devotion. And the tech world makes all kinds of I mean, it's, it's a great industry to be in. It's also a very vulnerable industry to be in. And, I mean, just who the hell cares about a couple of buildings getting blown up? I mean, that don't mean anything to any of us anymore. We got over that real quick. But wake up one day and open regions or truest or whatever your bank account is and it's gone. You want to talk about mass chaos. You want to talk about real, effective attacks. That's where we're at. And another call at the end of Fred the Show saying, we don't really have any uh, facts to back up that there's terror or, or cyber attack. No, 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 we, we, we do. We do. It's, it's very, very easy to understand. And I don't need the Mueller report to understand that Russia is meddling in everything we do. I mean, every country is going to try, and we do it too. I mean, it's it's like oh, we have self, we have we have a domestic cyber terror as much as there is I international. I don't remember what country it is that the U.S. basically built a version of Facebook, and then people joined it, and it was actually the CIA that made it. Yeah, I don't know what that yeah. is either, but, but it, that's the kind of stuff that can happen. It's so easy to do, and even on the simplest of of just bot accounts i mean facebook and twitter and all of them but facebook and twitter that primarily are are have millions of fake bot accounts that are trying to infiltrate into to the smallest of things to the biggest of things that's like that's day one stuff that that's amateur hour stuff and our Dumbasses are duped into that kind of stuff all the time. We've been, hey, free trip to here. You know, whatever. That That's just like, you know, that's child's play. And that happens constantly every single day. And we got a pretty good handle on that. Only the super numbnuts of the world fall for those. I'm talking about melt pipelines being shut down. Like, I can't explain what happened as to why that happened. I know maybe, maybe that's conspiracy. That's not real. Joe Biden just wanted to shut off the gas so we can raise the prices. Again, who, why, but find another place to have that conversation. It's not happening here. Everything we do is so digital. You, you start your car with a button press. Do you think that that's safe? Cause it's not. No, no, it's not. And it's, it's, it's just opening up, for for vulnerabilities and it's it's a wonderful thing technology technology is amazing i mean i've been uh i've been on the internet my whole life i mean most of us have 
depending on what your age is. And this is it's so I, I said there's two things that this is that this country needs to spend most of their time on being terrified of. It's domestic gun violence and cyber warfare internationally. Domestically too, but more internationally. This is from something I heritage uh, something.com. No threat facing America has grown as fast or in a manner as difficult to understand as a danger from cyber attacks. In terms of the threats the U.S. faces, nation state hackers are the most serious. Russia presents the most sophisticated cyber threat, with China as a close second. The U.S. has implicated Russia in efforts to hack U.S. political entities, such as the Democratic National Convention or Committee, excuse me. Democratic National Committee. Russian hackers also are also believed to be behind multiple cyber attacks that took down portions of Ukraine's electric grid. Cyber warfare has now leveled the playing field in industry, in government, and in national defense. Why spend 10 or $15 billion on an aircraft carrier when you can dis- disable it digitally? Why spend billions on new product R&D when you can hack into your competition's strategic plans? Why not just fish around municipalities for a quick $100,000? And this one just goes on and on. Here's several things that are, are, I've got a minute left here on Nougat Radio 92.7, a Stone on Air radio show and podcast. Cyber criminals will turn to blockchain platforms for their transactions in the underground. Banking systems will be in the crosshairs with open banking and ATM malware. User misconfigurations and unsecure third-party involvement will compound risk in cloud platforms. I barely even understand what any of that means. And you likely don't either. That's what makes this such a terrifying situation. We get, we got to stop them from killing and beheading and placing bombs and hijacking planes. We all can have a conversation to understand what that means. But malware and ransomware and cloud platforms and jargon from the internet IT world, most of us don't really know what that means. We just know what the effects might be. And we don't think about it enough. We don't spend enough time about it. We don't talk about it enough. We don't have a gas shortage. We have a cyber warfare problem in the world and we better get in front of it before it dismantles us. It's Nougat Radio 92.7. It's a Stone on Air radio show and podcast. Stone on Air on Nougat Radio 92.7. Better go get you some gas. What? I said you better go get you some gasoline while you still can. Why? Because Biden, that's why. Really? There was a cyberborg attack on the oil place, and uh, Biden initiated it. What? Yeah, but it's about to be two, three hundred dollars a gallon, so you better go fill up while you can. How? I done told you, because Biden. Biden, that's why. What? Oh, TikTok, how I love you so. This is Audio Slaves Gasoline. This is Nougat Radio 92.7. It's a Stone on Air radio show, later disguised as a podcast at stoneonair.com. Got about 10 minutes left here with you, and then I'll call today and head off to the day job. I have 175 miles until I am a... Zero gallons of gas in my car. 
I drive about 25 miles a day between the two gigs if I do nothing else. So you can do that math. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven days. Burning like gasoline. And really, I'm not going to drive on a car. And, you know, I actually, I freak out. When my gas light comes on, I get, like, anxiety. Quite, quite literally. Like, I can't do it. I've never driven around on, I've never run out of gas before. I've never driven around on a gas light. If that gas light turns on, this car is parked until it has gasoline in it going forward. So it's not even really, that math isn't seven days. So I'm good into the weekend. If this thing doesn't clear up by then... You know, I'll cross that bridge when I get to that point. I wasn't going to be involved with the mass hysteria yesterday of 1979-style gas lines. Not quite that bad, but and close. And it's because it's, it's the media, which I am getting more and more annoyed with. I've always been the defender of the media my whole life. Like, I, w- I would fight you over it, and I'm not really there anymore. Yeah, it's it, maybe I was blind a little bit, or maybe it's just gotten worse. I'm not sure. But the, the mass hysteria of getting gasoline is why we don't have any damn gas in this city. It's not because there's not as much gasoline as we could possibly imagine needing. Doesn't have anything to do with that. It has to do with cyber warfare and uh, and a pipeline being shut down, and and but but not even that as much as Facebook told. Everybody to go do this, and that's what everybody did, and now many of us are kind of screwed. I'll talk about this post I put on Facebook yesterday, speaking of, of which, here in just a minute. This is from the Associated Press, Why the Colonial Pipeline Hack Matters. Ransomware scrambles data that can only be decoded with a software key after the victim pays off the criminal perpetrators. An epidemic of ransomware attacks has gotten so bad that the Biden administration officials recently deemed that a national security that is a national security threat. Good, should have should have long already done that. Hospitals, schools, police departments, and state and local governments are regularly hit. Ransomware attacks are difficult to stop in part because they're usually launched by criminal syndicates that enjoy safe harbor abroad, mostly in former Soviet states. Uh, paragraph and a half here left. Who is behind the attack and what motivates them? The hackers are Russian speakers from Darkside, one of the dozens of ransomware gangs that specialize in double extortion, in which the criminals steal an organization's data before encrypting it. Then they threaten to dump that data online if the victim doesn't pay up, creating a second disincentive to trying to recover without paying. Ransomware gangs say that motiv- say they are motivated only by profit. It's not an ideological thing with both these people. It's just about cash. It's just about money. Colonial has said, excuse me, Colonial has not said how much ransom Darkside demanded or whether it has paid. So far this year, ransomware gangs' demands have reached as high as $50 million. Now, this is the don't negotiate with terrorists kind of thing. Shouldn't pay the ransom, I wouldn't think. They're not disclosing whether that how this is being handled, how it's being cleared up. But that's what makes it so much more confusing. 
all this is jargon to me. I mean, I get malware, ransomware. I get that this is random, regular practice within the, the cyber hacker gang criminal activity, but I don't understand what the hell it means. Except it, that it's going to screw us terribly. Yeah, and well, the thing is, it they can attack individual people too. So, like uh, one form of ransomware that I know of um, is is when they know that there's information that's important to a person or to a business or whatever, and then they you know they send you an email or they send you something, you open it up, and what it does is it just encrypts all of your files, it just locks them all, and you have to pay them to get the password to unlock your information, or you're screwed. Yeah, have you seen, what's that show? It's a Netflix show. Is it Black Mirror? That is a Netflix show, yeah. That's That's got these just crazy, wacky stories. Yeah. It's it's kind of like, um, what's that? Like, old, like the Twilight old, Zone. Twilight Zone, yeah, exactly. It's like the old Twilight, it's yeah. like a new version of the Twilight Zone. It's a new episode every time. I don't want to spend much time on this because I'm almost out of time here. But there's one, it's the only one, I've maybe seen two or three, but the one I remember the most because it terrified me was was basically about hackers driving a person insane until he basically was killing people to keep them from them finding out. It was wild. It was yeah. just, it was one of those like it was fictional, fake, made up, you know, drama. But it was like oh, it's, it's kind of true though. Yeah, it's based on a level of reality that touches a little too close to home. It's kind of true. Um, so yeah, cyber warfare is dangerous stuff. Dangerous, dangerous. Forget cutting off, beheading people in the desert. Forget ISIS. Forget the Taliban. Yes, in in primitive areas of the world, they're still terrorizing their own. That's always happened. It will always continue to happen. But that's not what here in the you know the most sophisticated country in the world needs to be worried about. We need to be worried about waking up one day and just say you're lucky enough to have a couple of grand in the bank account and you're feeling like, oh, I'm doing all right this month. I've got over a thousand. It's gone. Imagine it's gone. What would you do? The FDIC melts down. Gets their entire network hacked and encrypted held for ransom they can't back your bank accounts if they can't back their own that's scary stuff so just a few minutes left here i did post on social media yesterday um on facebook which i rarely do uh, I, I post the show every day like i mean i post the show every single day and every now and again i'll do like uh hell yeah braves win you know something like that i don't rarely put anything out there that i'm looking for any kind of reaction to because I hate Facebook. Uh, I hate all social media except for TikTok now. I hate I hate Twitter and Twitter used to be my 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 like my child when it came to social media. I loved Twitter and I'm so over it now too. But I posted there's plenty of gasoline in America. The reason your local station is out is because every a-hole is in panic mode because Facebook told you to. That's it. That's all I put. It got Hundreds of likes, which I'm not fishing for likes. Don't care for a second. It got, at last check, 16 shares. Who the hell is sharing that on their page? What are you doing? I just, I'm, I guess thank you, though I don't care. So it got all kinds of traction. And just a couple of things I wanted to notable here. That's why it was when I ran into that. Uh, gasoline's about to be $200 a gallon. Well, I got one of those numbnuts uh, on the thread here. So I'll just read a little bit of this. Um, 
Jeremy says, I'm in stupid-ass Atlanta for work, and every gas station has a line around it. So dumb. Uh, Jeremy, a guy I used to work with, says, say it louder so the ones in the back can hear you. I haul gas for a living. There's, this is no big deal. Uh, Justin says, oil distributors have been on allocation since January. There's been a base oil shortage since January. Just spoke with a local fuel distributor, and he cannot get gas at his terminals today. Said he can get a little diesel, but no gasoline. I responded, don't doubt that's true, but the only reason it's gone today is hysteria. Justin replies, yep, don't blame the people who are worried about getting to work. Blame the damn media. We were borderline out of fuel a couple of months ago. No mention in the news. We weathered it fine. And I thought that was a, a, a an interesting point. Yeah, we've been short on gas many times. It's just when Facebook and Twitter and, and, and the news media tells you to freak out, everybody freaks out. Uh, Danielle says, it's like what everyone was like, and then she put in quotes, and with all the uppercase and lowercase stuff to make it sound stupid, I got to go get all the toilet paper. And a couple more that's not necessarily worth responding to. And then one here from a guy named Garrett. I don't know who he is. It said, very matter-of-factly, gas is almost $8 a gallon in Alabama. And I responded, no, it's not. He responded back, well, I just saw a picture on someone's Facebook. I don't know. It better not go that high up. And I said, so he said it like it was a fact. Yes. And then walked it back. Yes. I said, get the hell out of here with that mess. And then there was a couple other things that actually got deleted later. Somebody said something about, I can't even remember what it was, but it was so outlandishly stupid. And then someone wrote, uh, hey, can you uh, write us? Can you give us a source? And I immediately put, no, he doesn't have a source. That's just what they said. Then he came back and said, uh, watch the news, idiots. It's everywhere. It's just it's just so nonsensical. And then later, of course, the coward deleted it. Doesn't matter. Get out of here. Go away. Don't comment on my Facebook post. Sorry I even put one out there to be commented on. So be mindful of cyber warfare. It's the most dangerous thing to Americans walking around everyday life. To freedom as we know it. And uh, if you see a pump with some gas, I guess get some. My name is Brian. He's Keon. We're done here on the radio, on the podcast, online, everywhere in the world. Love you. Mean it. See you later. Bye.